You're listening to the Faith Unpacked Podcast. Welcome to the Faith Unpacked Podcast with Jamie and Jason. This is episode 243, and today my podcast partner, Jason, is still out. Uh, But I want to talk about our language, our speech. And this is something that, you know, it's just been on my mind recently. It wasn't a question that anybody was asking. But it is something that I think a lot of people, myself included, can really relate to. Yes, I have a foot in the world of ministry, but I also have a foot in the world of the secular workplace as well. And so have the opportunity to really experience, I think, what all of us in this broken, sinful world that we live in, especially in this American culture, which is increasingly postmodernistic, increasingly post-Christian, and certainly has seemingly no standard of morals or character or um, even any sort of breaks in terms of what is appropriate language in whatever context. And, you know, one of these things that I think we all deal with to a great degree is our own speech, you know, not getting caught up in sinful thought or sinful uh, spoken conversation that is so permeating whatever context I'm imagining, you know, if you're listening here, other than working in a ministry context or a specifically Christian one, you probably run into this. And I know for many people, uh, this is the case, right? It's so easy to get caught up into sexual conversation, sexual talking or joking that goes on in a lot of workplace contexts, or even in friendship uh, context conversations with non-believers primarily, and, and, or to get drawn into gossip or to get drawn into just complaining and whining and, you know, speaking in a way that is all too common for our culture, for people in our world. And, you know, it's one of those things that as a believer in Jesus, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. And we are to look very different. And one of the ways we are to look different is in our speech, in our attitudes, and in our behavior as we interact with other people. Because we want to be an example of Christ in the world, right? We obviously want to see people come to know the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and have a personal relationship with him. And part of the way that happens is when we look, you know, different than the world, when we act different than the world, when we are the same as the world, then we aren't an example for Christ. I like the way the Apostle Paul puts it in Philippians chapter 2, where he says in verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you may be, you may prove yourself to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of truth, so that in the day of Christ, I will have reason for glory, because I did not run in vain, nor toil in vain. 
But even if I being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with all of you. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. And so Paul's making a very clear point that, you know, when we live in a sinful and crooked and perverted world, it is important that we, the body of Christ, look and act and behave very differently. And this is so important when it comes to our words. And I'm not, you know, going at this from the perspective of, oh, I'm the expert here and I'm just telling you what is the good godly response to these kinds of things. Because I know in, in my own personal heart, in my own personal life, that there is this challenge, you know, you get drawn into something and then you find yourself having to apologize later going, you know what, I I understand you weren't offended by what I said, but it was not very, it, it was not very appropriate and it was certainly not becoming of Christ and I'm sorry for that. And even to an unbeliever, that's a really wild reality. You know, it really is a testimony in its own right of the character of Christ that we're willing to go, you know what, I got caught into that, I shouldn't have, and I and I, I need to repent of it, I need to confess it, I need to apologize for it, because it was not appropriate, because we do want to be that example, right, our character and our actions, they matter oh, quite a lot, and, you know, the Apostle Paul even made this point in 1 Corinthians where, you know, in talking about lawsuits in the church and the the way, you know, the church behaves in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you know, he, he asked this question when he's talking about how Christians, you know, are drawing one another into court and, you know, they're being a terrible example of Christ. And he, he makes the point in verse uh, verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, actually then, it is already a defeat for you that you have these lawsuits with one another. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, you yourselves wrong and defraud. You do this even to your brethren. And, you know, he he's asking a really important question, which is, isn't it better sometimes as a believer in Jesus, to be wronged even than to forfeit your witness, right? Than to, than to forfeit your very character and your view to outsiders in the world. And that's an important thing to keep in mind is that, you know, some of this stuff, it's not even about me, uh, but it's those around me, right? You just think, well, I made a mistake there. I'll just move on. But I think there is something powerful in recognizing, hey, you know what? What I did was wrong and I need to apologize for it as a believer in Jesus. Like maybe you didn't care. Maybe you weren't offended. But it was not appropriate for me to do. And I know for me, especially me personally, uh, one of the verses that the Holy Spirit brings to my mind, you know, more than any other verse probably in my entire um, life is Proverbs 10, 19, and almost always the Holy Spirit brings this to me as a rebuke for things I've said that I should not have said. And it's a really simple proverb. Uh, Proverbs 10, 19 just says, when 
There are many words. Transgression is inevitable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. And I often think about that because, boy, how many times am I apologizing to someone for something I said? It's like, I'd say probably a good 90% of all the times I apologize, it's because of something I said that I should not have said or I said in an inappropriate way or at an inappropriate time or with an inappropriate attitude or, you know, what whatever combination. And, and certainly that's true with our words as well, that it's so easy to get caught up in the moment. I... I just get caught up with the conversation going on around me or I get caught up into gossip or I get caught up into complaining about anything that, you know, doesn't bring God glory. It doesn't advance the righteousness of God. It doesn't bring the kingdom of God. And it it is a very important thing because not only in that external sense, but there's also the inner inner uh, internal sense as well, which is that I want my life, I want my words, I want my heart to bring glory to the Lord, right? Proverbs nineteen fourteen says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I mean, think about that. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, which there's obviously a connection there, right? The the Bible also tells us from the heart, the mouth speaks, right? There's this direct connection with um, what is going on in my heart. That's what's coming out of my mouth. And so it's really a recognition that, you know, we want to have godly sanctification in every respect, our words, our mouth, our me- the meditations of our heart, we want it all to bring glory to the Lord. We want it all to be such a thing that, that God is glorified in all of it. And like I said, you know, this is a really difficult thing. This is not something that I claim to be an expert on. It's, it's a challenge it's a challenge in my life. It's a challenge, you know, I think for many believers, not all. There are some, you know, I've heard some stories of just amazing saints or I've known amazing saints that just had such a godly attitude and all of their words and all of their actions and all of their conduct is such a testimony to their zealousness for the glory of God and they're constantly seeking God in his word, in prayer, pursuing after the Holy Spirit so that they can live and walk, you know, in a very different way than the world. And and I think it's even more important as we see the day drawing near, or as we see the days getting more evil, then all of this becomes even more important that, that we want to live so that other people see the gospel, so that other people see the glory of God on display and we're able to do so in, in a way that, that brings full glory to God, that, that shows the absolute amazing work of God in us, that he is able to do, that he is willing to do for us. 
for our good, for his glory, right? This is what our heart desires. And the the Bible is so replicit with so many examples or encouragements, exhortations towards how we are to think, how we are to speak, how we are to live. And and this words, you know, comes up so much. And I think it's because we really desperately need that constant reminder from the Lord that that hey, <laughs> check check your words, check your the the things you're saying and the heart attitudes that are behind, you know, those things that you're saying and the way you're saying them and how you're engaging them. And does that draw other people to the Lord? Does it encourage and build up a brother or sister in Christ? Or does it bring shame to the glory of God? And I think another example of this is in Ephesians chapter 4, where we are encouraged in our Christian character, right? He starts out the this section in verse 25, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must no longer, but rather he must labor and perform with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with those in need. And then it says in verse 29, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the needs of the moment, so that it will be given a grace to those who hear. It'll be a given grace to those who hear. So you see, you know, two encouragements about our words and our behavior, right? We obviously are to speak the truth. We are not to speak falsehoods. This this is a good encouragement to us to focus on the truth. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I cannot speak untrue things and I cannot go along with untrue things because that's not the way of God. That is not the, the good desire of God that we are to do that. In fact, that is the way, by and large, the, the sinful do. And that's what the people who don't walk with the Lord do. It's like, oh, yeah, if you need to, you know, lie to get ahead, if you need to speak an untruth for the purpose of, you know, some greater end, then you definitely do that, right? And you see that even listed in the things of the the judgment that God has brought to people in Romans chapter one, this is a, not the the um, the judgment of God directly, meaning He's you know imposing judgment for sin. It's the removing His common grace, and then we are then not protected from our own sin nature, and the result is all kinds of wickedness, right? And inventors of evil. And we envy, we murder, we strife, we are full of deceit and malice, we are gossipers, slanderers, God-haters, right? Arrogant, um, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parent, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, 
and, of course, meet the judgment of God. Not only do we do those things, but we also celebrate other people who do them as well. And then it says uh, earlier in the chapter, back in verse 25, for they exchange the truth of God for lies and worship and serve the creator rather than the created things, right? And and you see that, that they are um, suppressors of the truth even um, in this, right? They, they they aren't they aren't wise they aren't godly they aren't glorious and just literally nothing that spews from the mouth is any good or godly at all and and the prevailing thought is well the ends justify the means right i can say and do whatever because i have whatever objective in mind and i'm going to meet it in whatever way possible uh, to the detriment of, you know, whatever I have to, to to make that come about. And it's like, that's a starkly different attitude than the attitude of a believer that we do not uh, behave in those ways. We do not lie. We do not create mistruths. We do not do any of those kinds of things. You know, we're called to walk and live a different way. So we speak the truth. We speak the truth. We do not lie. That is not the attitude we have. Um, we do not speak falsehoods. We do not give in to dishonesty, any of those kinds of things with our words, right? We do not speak with malice, with envy. We do not engage in gossip or slander or any of these kinds of things, you know? We only use our words for the edification of others encouraging them pointing them to the truth of god so that god is glorified in all of it and boy i tell you what that is not always easy that is not always easy at all sometimes people are very frustrating sometimes there's conversations going on that we just desperately want our flesh just desperately wants to get in on and be a part of uh, there's definitely times where we're drawn to gossip. There's definitely times where we're, we want to complain. We want to just lament and disparage and disrespect and speak against. And, and there are times certainly where we feel justified in, in doing those very things, right? When somebody has wronged us or when somebody has done evil or somebody has done wrong, it is unrighteousness on full display, and especially when people seem to be getting away with it, it is so easy to fall into that trap of, I'm just going to disparage, I'm just going to talk uh, negatively towards, I'm just going to tear down, and yet when we do that, it's completely opposite God's whole design for us as believers, which is that we not let unwholesome words proceed from our mouth, but only those that are good for the edification according to the needs of the moment so that our speech is a grace to people. That's very different than what we're describing. You know, this space of just, I don't like it. I want to speak against it or I want to get drawn into conversation I shouldn't or I want to gossip or I want 
to, you know, just let somebody have it. Sometimes we just feel that I just want to let them have it. And yet, that does not produce the righteousness of God, right? That is not that example to the world, that that light of Christ in the world that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 2. And that's not where we should be spending our time and our heart and our mind. Now, I do want to say, I don't believe that it is sinful or a bad thing as a believer to discuss, you know, a real struggle, a real issue we're having in a particular context with, you know, a a close brother, sister in Christ, as we're really trying hard to process through and, and trying to seek the Lord when it comes to things. And sometimes we just need as relational people, uh, we need those opportunities to to speak to each other. But even in that space, I think it still has to be different, right? That we're not just that, that we don't just let ourselves get drawn into just trashing on somebody or just speaking badly of somebody. And and I'll tell you, sometimes that happens, right? Like I start out into a conversation with a brother or sister in Christ where I just want to, I'm really just trying to prostrate, process frustration, right? How, how should I think about a particular situation? How should I respond to a particular situation or a particular person or something they did or said or something that's really bothering me? And I need some good godly counsel or some good wisdom or um, just you know, the the help of a brother or sister in Christ on how I should handle a situation or how I should even think about a situation. And sometimes it's like, I literally need to know, even am I the one that's wrong here? Because sometimes when I'm frustrated with a brother or sister, or I'm frustrated with somebody or a situation, and it's actually my heart that's wrong. It's actually my attitude that's wrong, right? It's actually the 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 very motivation that I have in being upset about this particular thing that's actually the problem. And I need that brother or sister to to be able to speak into that in my life and help me to to see God's good design or help me see, you know, the sinfulness in my own heart that I'm not seeing maybe and then be able to to really process that in a healthy and appropriate way. Um and so it can be a very helpful helpful thing. And so I don't think when the Bible calls us, you know, to um edify and encourage with our speech like there in Ephesians chapter 4 or it calls us to avoid things like uh, tearing other people down with our words, right? Gossip, um, James chapter 1 is a good example of that, spends a lot of time on the, the dangers of that. And we'll, we'll get to that probably in next week's episode, talk about that a little more. But, but it's okay to, to do so in a healthy way, recognizing that we do have those blind spots and we need other people to help speak into that. Or sometimes it's just like, hey, brother or sister, I need I need you to pray for me. You know, my heart is not right. And sometimes it's even prayer directly to the Lord saying, Lord, I recognize that my heart is not good, right? I want to tear this person down with my words. I want to 
um, eviscerate them or this situation. I want to be angry. I want to express that anger. And none of that accomplishes your righteousness, right? I mean, James also makes that point. Uh, James 1, 19 and 20 says that we should be, you know, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not approve um, or does not result in the righteousness of God. And so I recognize, yeah, I can't go down that road. That doesn't bring God glory and ripping them a new one. A lot of times that doesn't bring God glory or joining into that conversation that I shouldn't, or at least not in that way, does not bring the the righteousness of God. And so I, I need to process that. And, and there is space for that in, in a healthy and appropriate way. And I think, you know, with a clearly stated purpose, but, but there are times where even in that space, I start you know, processing a situation or a frustration with another person or, or, or whatever that's going on. And it kind of devolves into me just trashing on the person, right? With that person. And, you know, and, and so I need to, to recognize that in my own heart, boy, okay, I've definitely crossed that line. And I also need to, you know, I need those brothers and sisters in Christ at times to, to remind me of that as well. Like, Hey, hold on. This wasn't, you know, this started out, I think, legitimate desire to to really process the situation and really figure out, okay, what is the godly response in this particular context? But it obviously morphed uh, to, to become something wholly different than that. And that is not good. And that is not bringing God glory. And I, I need to I need to go back and regroup and come at this from from a way that that does in fact bring God glory in my words in my actions and ultimately you know it means addressing that with the actual person uh, specifically that ultimately I need to go directly to my brother or sister right the um the Lord Jesus Christ uh, makes that very clear to us in um like Matthew chapter 19 for example, we're encouraged that we are uh, to go directly to a brother or sister in Christ. Actually, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, that um, that we are to go directly to a brother or sister if we have an issue with them. So we don't, you know, go just talk to other people and smack on that person. We actually go straight to the person, right? It says in verse 15, of Matthew 18, if your brother sins, go and show him his faults in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother, right? So I go directly to them. Hey, brother, sister, here's the issue that I'm having. Um, and I just really want to encourage you in the Lord in this particular area um, so that you grow, so that we have, you know, greater communion as brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, and are able to grow together because very often these situations, God, you know, puts a frustrating person or a difficult situation in our life so that we grow and so that that person grows. Um, it's a beautiful thing and can be a really beneficial and God glorifying thing, but 
it, it's difficult at times. And, you know, like I said, sometimes that requires spending time with the Lord. Okay, Lord, I don't have the heart. I don't have the attitude that's ready to do that. Lord, give me that heart, right? Give me that desire. I've, I've definitely run into that a few times where I had to spend quite a while in prayer before I could actually address the particular situation or the person. And I think that's an okay part of the process. I think it is okay and healthy. And part of, you know, that Proverbs 10, 19 sense that recognizing the wise hold their tongue. Maybe I need to talk to my brother or sister about a particular thing or something, but I need to do it when my heart is in line with the the heart of God, when my desire is in line with the desires of God, and not when I'm really upset and just want to let them have it and, you know, rip them a new one and and tear it apart. And and that's not the the heart. That's not the time for me to reach out to them. And so I think there is an an, an appropriate time to just say, "You know what? I we, we should have a conversation about this, but not yet. I remember a couple years ago, I was very angry uh, with someone. And, and I had to literally tell them I was very upset with them over, you know, some character behavior things that, um, yes, it was bad for them. And it, you know, was destroying um, their character and reputation. Uh, to a large degree, but it was also affecting mine as well, because their their particular actions were having a profound effect on my own personal character as well. I'm I'm not going to get into the specifics of that, but but it had profound effect, and I literally had to say to this person, you know, I need to talk to you about this, but I can't do it right now. I need to go to the Lord. And I need to, you know, get my heart right because where I'm at right now, it's just angry. Yes, I care about my friend in this particular case, but my attitude is not in the place where I can actually address it at this point. And so I literally had to stop and take the time and just go to the Lord and really just be like, Lord, help me right now. Help my heart because it's angry and I want to just tear this person apart, right? I just really want to rip them a new one until I feel better. And yet that is not your good. That does not bring you glory. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Faith Unpacked podcast. We're so thankful for your time. We hope and pray that these encourage your faith and walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can find them on our website at faithunpacked.com. We'd also invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting site. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on social media, or you can send us an email at faithunpacked at gmail.com. And we invite you back next time as we continue to unpack our faith together.